Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. Breakups can be incredibly messy. On April 19th, 2014, a woman in the midst of a breakup came home to find her family's house burned almost to the ground. A family home that held a number of those important to her. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Vivian Chavez and Alexander Hill Jr. met in her hometown of Petersburg, Virginia, and began a relationship, despite his strange habits that, for some, may have been a deal-breaker. Things like demanding to be called the real deal instead of Alexander, and lying about where he was born, saying he was from Trinidad, and even mimicking the accent when he was really born and raised in Virginia. Despite all of this, everyone liked Alexander and thought he was ideal for Vivian who described him as a gentleman who was nothing but kind and helpful with her large family and aging mother. Then, all at once, things started to unravel. Vivian found out that the real deal wasn't exactly being real with her. He had a child who she knew nothing about, was still legally married to another woman, and had a pretty hefty criminal record that he was keeping from his new girlfriend. And as his lies began to unravel, so did his composure. He began physically abusing Vivian. One particular attack was so brutal, she almost lost an eye. And while sitting in the emergency room recovering, Alexander had the nerve to file assault charges against her. The charges were eventually dropped after Alexander refused to confirm his name in court, claiming that he was pleading the fifth. After the attack and some research, Vivian's family found out that this wasn't his first physical attack on a woman. No, not by a long shot. 
Alexander was a serial abuser, even pulling a gun on his own mother. Realizing that her life was in danger, Vivian moved back in with her mother, Pauline, to try and get away from the man who was so desperate to make her life a living hell. He responded by stalking his ex-girlfriend, called her incessantly with death threats, and was seen driving by the house on a number of occasions. The family knew he was dangerous, and it was only a matter of time before he got his revenge. On April 19th, 2014, the night before Easter Sunday, an intruder broke into 67-year-old Pauline Wilkins' home and stabbed her 23 times before moving on to 46-year-old Vicki Anser, Vivian's sister, and stabbing her 13 times. When he was done, he set fire to the family home with 22-year-old Tanique Chavez, Vivian's niece, and her two-year-old son, Delvari, still inside. Vivian, who had just moved in with her mother again, was not home the evening that the attacks took place. Instead, she came home the next morning to see that the house was still smoldering, knowing her family had been inside. That she was the sole survivor as four generations of Chavez's family were taken out over the course of just a few minutes. It took only a few seconds for Alexander Hill Jr. to become a suspect, as he made his feelings about the breakup abundantly clear and had made a handful of death threats to a family that, at one point, treated him like family. After the attack, Alexander left Petersburg, took a cab to a Waffle House in North Carolina, and hitched a ride to an Amtrak station where, for a bit, he was stuck due to the Easter holidays. He was seen on security cameras walking in and out of the frame before disappearing for good, sparking a nationwide manhunt that would last almost exactly a year before his arrest. About six weeks before his capture, Alexander was seen speaking to a TV reporter at a shelter in Buffalo, New York, under the name of Trent Dales, basically broadcasting his whereabouts to those who were searching for him. He was arrested at that shelter in April of 2015, charged with four counts of first-degree murder, possession of child pornography, encouraging a minor to view or participate in child pornography, violation of a protective order, domestic assault, and two counts of making false police reports. His trial began in September of 2017 with Alexander causing immediate issue by refusing to attend court hearings, going on a hunger strike, and refusing to enter a plea. Prosecutors told jurors about the constant threats Vivian received after she broke off the relationship, enough so that she took out a protective order against him. While the defense claimed she fabricated the story and police were quick to believe her so they could solve the case quickly, even saying it was Vivian who was making the threats, telling Alexander she would lie to police because they would believe her over him. A 911 call was played for the court to hear and on it, a woman, Tanique, could be heard whispering to dispatchers that a man broke into their home and was attacking her grandmother, but had, quote, no clue who it was. The call abruptly ended and the dispatcher called five times before someone finally picked up and screaming could be heard on the other end. And police responded to the scene a short while later to find the home engulfed in flames. Over the course of the 10-day trial, Alexander was tethered to the crime through not just Vivian's tearful testimony, but DNA found on the bloody knife and a t-shirt, as well as cell phone records that put his location near the crime scene. The defense, of course, claimed this evidence was all circumstantial and did not directly connect him. The jury disagreed and found him guilty, after which he attempted to physically attack his own attorney. 
At the sentencing trial, Alexander took the stand and began shouting at the witnesses. I had nothing to do with these murders. And when the attorney objected, yelled back, you talk, let me talk. He continued saying that the victims were also his family and that by finding him guilty, they were saying he killed his own family, people he truly loved. He was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole and the maximum for each of the other charges, which all carried different sentence lengths. Alexander Hill remained behind bars until he was 52 years old when he suffered from a pulmonary embolism at the Red Onion State Prison. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.